do that. Yeah. You need to finish eating that because I'm not, I can't, I'm not recording you while you're eating a potato. Are you actually oh, fucking freaked out by a potato? I'm not freaked out by the potato. You I just know are. that you've got to keep eating it. I either want you to finish it or you can't have it at all. You want to cut for start recording now, so you have to choose. It's the potato or me. <laughs> Crying in your own gesture. That was beautiful. I don't think it's. I don't know when it ends. Ooh. Yes. You gotta find yes. Where the road <laughs> is long ahead, and you're miles and miles from your old damn bed. Old damn bed. <laughs> Just remember what your old pal said. Oh, you. Okay, I'm out of the shop. Yeah, friend. Oh, fuck it. Whatever. And cute. End. Okay, Jess got my one of me these tiny music boxes for my birthday. <laughs> That's what that was. And it was That's, a really nice gesture, so thank you so No, much. but, like, it's so cute. It's really cute. <laughs> like, imagine, literally, if you're having a bad day and you're like, you yeah. friend. <laughs> I wish I'm gonna, a little friend to play this. I'm going to have, like, a little montage that you should have always with that. It's just like. Pictures just, of us smiling. Yeah, I just imagined, I was like, instantly, I was like, it's definitely going to be like the, the song for our, um, all the pictures are in black and white. It's like, it's like, memories. <laughs> we should literally have a fight and never talk again. Yeah. So one day, 30 years later, we're both at the same event and we just hear this and we like, follow the sound. <laughs> the crowd, the crowd parts and it's just me. And, and you're like, like what's that? And it's just and like, like, like. We hobble over on our walking oh sticks or whatever. And this has all been a ploy, like, our two friends, like, our two daughters have brought us together. They're oh, like, classic. Oh, my God. That's a fucking movie right there. It's like the parent trap, but friend trap. The twins. Copyright. <laughs> the twins. Sleeping, <laughs> sleeping with the same guy and we don't realise. Oh, my God. Classic. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's 100% already a movie. No, but as um, in with the kids that bring with, the moms um, together. Cameron Diaz, Kate Upton, and the other one, I should know her name, and it's like Mr. It, uh, um, yeah. Alex Asgard, and they find out they're all... No, I know, but that's no, that's the first one that's had two daughters that have bre- then brought two best friends together, but the best friends don't know they're sleeping with the same guy. That's like parent trap. Wait, and so the two best friends are sisters, but they don't know that they're sisters? You know parent trap. You know parent trap. It's like that, but friend trap. Their daughters are like, oh my god, your mom's like talked about like my mom's and these best friends, but they had this huge fight. Then they, they both, each- they have me. They, they, they Let have me finish me. it. Let me finish it. Let me finish it. And they're like, oh my god. And then they trick them into like meeting at Grand yeah. Central Station oh and classic. being like, oh my god, oh my god, missed you York. for all these years. And then they hug each other. Oh, and then wait. they turn around. They're like, me and my husband. They're like, me and my husband. And that's like, the same guy. You're sleeping with him. And then those two girls adore our sisters, and they didn't know. Wait, so what What happens to the... Half so sisters. the guy, he has, like, two secret lives. Yeah. It's like a thriller and family... Oh, thr- <laughs> family fun thriller. A little bit of murder, little bit of laughter. Good for everyone. And a bit of a rom-com in between. Yeah. Um, my joke was going to be, like, involved in that. It's like, the two girls are like, your mum, like, talked about my mum. Like, your mum talked about my mum. And then they put together the ripped photograph of, uh, like, us, like, um, with the spaghetti, like... <laughs> 
we're both sucking on the same piece of spaghetti and like they put the spaghetti together and the spaghetti makes like matches. And you're like, my mum always said that was like a fork that was on the other. <laughs> <laughs> she said she was feeding a piece of spaghetti. Classic spaghetti is my mum's favourite meal. <laughs> Your mom's not. <laughs> Your mom's not. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, so can we, we get a photo with spaghetti? You've got a friend in me in cinemas. That'll be the photo that plays with that going on in the background. Like oh. different photos of us slurping spaghetti. <laughs> can we make that video? <laughs> That's pretty funny. We should. <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, we got a time, 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 time. Oh, we do have to time it. Is wait, was that our intro? Should we say more? Oh yeah. yeah how's no, how's everyone been? We'll tell you how we've been because you're a microphone. <laughs> and um, it was Katie's birthday the other day. Happy birthday to me! Happy birthday! Had a really good birthday. Thank you. Good birthdays. Yeah, I had a really good birthday. Hence the music box. Yeah, that's all I gave. <laughs> It's a bit weird if that's all I gave you, do you reckon? Thank yeah, you. and you didn't even say who it was from. You just laid under my bed in the dark, and With you were like, just like... a fingerprint of me that you had to work. Alright, I'm excited for you to call one. Do you want some wine? Yeah. Oh, crabs. Alright, so... Okay. We are taking it way back. Woohoo! I'm just excited because, yeah, it's just because I'm one so different. Now. Yeah, well, do you know, that's the thing. It's hard to take it way back because there's limited information, but there's actually a fair bit of information because I, you get that thing, you're like, this is not But yeah, so we're taking it way back to the Middle Ages. Yes! So <gasps> this was in a time in which sexuality was, <gasps> and still is to this day, all about double standards. Uh-huh. And as for most people, both in the Middle Ages and as well as now, being, um... Being exposed as part of, like, a marital affair is, like, would bring great embarrassment and shame. Yeah. But it also comes with, like, celebrity. Ooh. Like, a notary. Like, you talk about it, you know. You I'm talk, interested. You, yeah. This is a good way to start You're off the story. About. You're I, lighting, lighting the fire within the intrigue on this one, I think. That's what you do. Yeah, what you do. That's okay. how you do it. I don't know so, what um, but some people are born to break the rules. <gasps> And one of those people was Agnes Sorel. Oh, Agnes! Whoop whoop! Yeah! Go girl! Sorel! Sorel! <laughs> Sarah. I said Sorel. Oh, Sorel. I thought you said Sarah. And I'm like, you... Sarah! <laughs> Agnes Sarah! <laughs> You're at the wrong parade! Oh! Just over I there. turn around, I'm like, okay, Sarah! <laughs> okay, so Agnes Sorel, born in 1422. Taking it over there. In that France. Was so fucking long ago. <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> oh my god. It's like Jeez. a while. It's like dead set like the play. That's why I was like, how is this so much? There's like a fair bit of information, but like it's obviously harder. Um, so this was in the thick of the Hundred Years' War. So like just, between who? Um, I think like Death Fran- and this like Joan you know when Joan of Arc and stuff. Oh, okay. That year's war. Sure. Um oh my god, I really don't know enough. No, neither. And I had to learn it because 
Yeah, whatever, we'll get to it. Yeah. She was the daughter of Jean Soiré. Oh, fuck, I'm so not French. Okay. Okay, so she was the daughter of Jean Soiré and Catherine de Magnilius. That is Love so it. not how it's pronounced. <laughs> but I want to know whether So she's, she's now like... 20. <laughs> yeah. Does she know. like spaghetti? Yeah. Like, does she like the beach? Like, I don't know now. Is she savoury? Is she sweet? Yeah. What is she? I know. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah, well, so now she's 20 years old. So <gasps> okay. she was born. Skip. Yeah. When she, and at the time, she was holding the position in the household of René of Naples as a maid of honour to his consort, Isabella, Duchess of Lorraine. Cool. She does his corsets up, pretty she, much. Oh, you better believe it. Um, Her so, whalebone corsets, if one might. Wait till a certain someone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll Link drop. below, episode. Yeah. <laughs> she was a lady-in-waiting to the household of King Charles, no, the seventh, um, brother-in-law. Um, it was also at this age in 1444 that she was first introduced to King Charles. <gasps> da, da, da. Da, da, da. So she was introduced at the court, the royal court, at age of 20, and her pale beauty, intelligence, and wit made a marked impression on the king, who, although was 20 years older than her, was somewhat they described him as an innocent so like something of an innocent oh, he was like quite baby you know. king and agnes then went on to serve as the lady in waiting for marie d'anjou now charles what what's the lady in waiting ah uh, like her maid but like a head one yeah so then she went on to serve marie d'anjou who was charles the seventh um of france i don't know why I that um wife so yeah. it was during this that her <gasps> and King Charles's <gasps> affair ensued. What a scandal! So it was no secret that Charles was besotted and adored Agnes. He gave her everything she wanted. So as well as money, he gave her several large estates of land, including um, the Chateau de Lox, where he had been persuaded by Joan of Arc to be crowned King Ooh. of France Ooh. as her private re- residence. So he was a part of the Joan of Arc thing. Should I mention that? So she, like, she was, was, like, the king that, like, he, she, like, set up. Yeah. He also gave her large quantities of jewellery, including what is believed to be the first cut diamond. (gasps) Woo! Yeah, this bitch. Legend has it that Agnes started wearing the diamond trend by wearing a presumably uncut diamond necklace in order to catch Charles' attention in the first place. So she was like, this is when she was That's obviously like trying sneaky. to court him. She did it. So like, obviously it would like catch your eye. Yeah. Especially so, like, you, with necklaces, it's it's like supposed to like lead you down to the brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with those medieval dresses. Oh, like, where like the <gasps> diamond is like they are pra- in there. They're yeah. practically like six, Bonjour, six monsieur. Because they're so high, yeah. The big beer maiden ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Agnes was very happy to be very to be a very noticeable part of Charles's court, and she learned all she could about how it worked. She had a very strong influence on the king, to which she exercised by all accounts, steering many of his political choices and almost certainly urging him to retake Normandy from the English once and for all. When Charles needed funding for his war efforts, she was there to help him sweet-talk his way into the wallets of nobility. Ooh. So she was like... So contemporary chroniclers, which is storytellers... <laughs> you can tell what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> yeah, I got that. What well, yeah. uh, chroniclers? You wouldn't have gotten straight away. Like you would have gotten after chroniclers. Like yeah, the chronicles are not here. Like yeah, but you wouldn't think that straight away. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Contemporary chroniclers blame her for turning Charles from a reticent, which means reserved and introverted ruler, into a sex mad monarch. So she really changed him. You know. Uh, yeah. He had a bit of bite she- to him. She ignited his wild side. Yeah. She said, hey, babe. No, but I don't think it was good. Take a walk on a wild side. I think he was good, and then I, don't, oh, I really should have looked at this. Okay, whatever. So he um, was a little nerd, and then he became a sick cunt, and then everyone's like, yo. He wasn't a little nerd. He was like the good king, because uh, they had a really uh, bad king after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it, yeah, got it. Well, so for her help and love, Charles created the title for her in his court, the official mistress. And for... <laughs> They're gonna be any more obvious. Well, no, I call you no, because you know mistress. how they, you know how they have like there's like the jester, there's the the da da da. They all have a place in his court again, like Mary. Mary, but with he a wanted small her hat there. Gonna be he wanted. That's what I mean. <laughs> he wanted her there, and like he like his wife couldn't do anything. She's not gonna divorce. Like at that time, his wife couldn't do yeah, anything. Divorce didn't exist. Um, so yeah, for help and love, she's official mistress. So this is a court position that came with all the niceties. Ooh. So like she, she li- yeah, I know, she's just sleeping with the king and she's just like living with <laughs> But um so Agnes Sorel was the first officially recognized royal mistress. And obviously from that point forward, the official mi- mistress was a job that many applicants wanted. Ah uh, like, obviously. It. So like you but get she all was the, all the perks of being the king's like living wife with the castle actually having to be the wife. But also you're coming off the street, you know, like you're living Yes. Oh, so she was poor before this. I'd assume so. She was a handmaid. I don't think she was poor, but she was a lesser status. While many royal mistresses have long been forgotten, she ensured that she would be remembered by starting fashion trends at court and <laughs> oh extravagances. But that's what was great about her. She was like Lady Gaga of that time. You know, like she just like, she just owned it. Um, so, and her extravagances were legendary. Beyond just diamonds, she spent fortunes on monumental fur-lined robes with trains up to eight meters long. Oh my god! But she's like, she's like such like Kanye. She's the Kanye yeah, exactly. of like the medieval yeah. guys. So becoming so extra, she became the best client of the court's principal merchant. So the merchant Classic. of the court, yeah. Um, merchant and financer Jacques Coeur. Um, so Can you be any more French? <laughs> And among her extravagances, her most well her most well known is where she began to wear dresses that exposed one or both of her breasts in public. <laughs> what? She she was known she, in history literally like the first thing. nip slip. No, no, no. She wore it like that. She oh, would like have without the boot. No, so she this okay. I'm gonna read it. She is credited for her low-cut gowns, often known for one breast being exposed. Huh. So she, Larry. she made her thing so it was one breast was exposed, oh and she co- she'd come to court and she'd just be like, <laughs> "Do you know what I mean?" <laughs> she's the mistress, so she's yeah. like, "I'm gonna be so sexual. I'm gonna be like, this is my breast." There is like nobody is going to pay any attention to anything else. Like there could be someone could be slaughtering a young child on the altar of that throne, and everybody's yes. gonna be looking at the bitches' boobs. Literally, the like Elba's gonna be literally the, the women don't even see boobs because yeah. they would just cover them up yeah. or something like that. This but is yeah. the time where this is before the can time you, where people can show you read the my, Can you read my next sentence? Okay. 
she had a great bosom. <laughs> In an episode... The history books say, rest assured, she had a great bosom. That is my, that's my <laughs> sentence, but literally they say that she had a... Ma- the word they keep using... She, got, she, got, she has massive titties. Magnificent. No, they just have magnificent bosom. So in an episode... Well, I mean, obviously they're going to say that because, like, I it's the it was only like, one that anybody has seen. No. Oh, she's got real nice... She's got an Emily Raskachowski boob. Have you seen Emily Raskachowski's yeah, boobs? Yeah, she's got great she's boobs. She's got great boobs. Um, All right, I'm picturing Emily Raskachowski. Yeah. Um, so... In an episode of Museum Secrets, so this was like a, th- a thing that everyone a lot show definitely a lot of things they got uncovered. But yeah, um, a local politician describes her dresses so matter-of-factly, saying she wore one of these famous lace dresses that allowed her to show off her magnificent bosom. <laughs> her bosom was so magnificent that was like the thing. She would sometimes do too, but like that was a thing that one the one thing. that. Yeah. During the other one, which is like lumpy and weird, so she could never like. Oh, I'll show you a photo. Like, wait, the... there are photos. No, no, no. Boots? People did an artwork. This, oh. is, this is what I'm about to say. Okay. Her bosom was so magnificent that it had to be preserved for posterity, which means for all future generations <laughs> to come. <laughs> Thank you for googling the words. Thank yes. you. Okay. Um, a portrait painted by Jean Fouquet, um, called "Virgin and Child Surrounded by Angels." in which it features Agnes as the Virgin Mary, one breast exposed <laughs> in the classic pose about to nurse the baby Jesus. But, like... What? And then it's like, just imagine how the church would have felt about that. With the... I'm going to show you, Sue. Why are her boobs so far apart? They look like they're fake, don't they? There's... They, they look like little devils. Yeah, but it's like, like artwork. So throughout her affair to King Charles, she gave birth to three bastard daughters... All of whom the king legitimized. He like loved her. He was obsessed. But that she, you can tell. That's what I mean. Deep. She would have been like manipulating, seducing, like literally, like. Oh my god! Blah, blah, blah. Like she you haven't seen great. Game of Thrones, but like it reminds me so much of Tom and Marjorie. <laughs> Is Khaleesi the wife? No. Again, long <laughs> listeners, just really doesn't know what she's talking. I haven't about. seen Harry Potter either. Just moment of silence. Okay. This is why you had no friends at school. <laughs> it's because you could talk to anyone about Harry Potter. Oh, I shouldn't have told people that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really, like, I think it was, like, it's sort of when you see, like, a dog with three legs. Like, it makes oh you... <laughs> <laughs> it makes you like them a lot more. They look really cute. This, no, because to me, you could have just been Jess and you're the same, like, like, funny like lovable Jess like look at me but the fact that like you didn't have any friends in primary school like it makes you so much more endearing it's just like such a loser thing though because <laughs> like everyone had friends in primary school my first leave over was year six <laughs> I vomited in her bed <laughs> I had to go home why did you vomit ah <laughs> uh, so funny I mean, you're fine now, so like relax. I think, well, yeah, I think you can laugh about it. Yeah. It's like, I found it in high school. So, her strong influence over the king, the fact she was living in sin, and her extravagant taste unsurprisingly earned her powerful enemies at court, and she was hated by many. So, it raised a few eyebrows that after the premature birth of her first, fourth child of Charles in 1450, she died suddenly. <gasps> 
This is where it gets a bit like light camera murder. Oh my god, light camera murder, I love it. Um, this story has everything. <laughs> Crimes, <laughs> laughter, boobies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, so she died suddenly. The suddenness of her death prompted speculation that she had been done away with by Jacques Coeur, <gasps> the previously mentioned fashion designer. <laughs> It's very light. Because I was thinking, I was like, they said Jacques Kurt and they didn't say who it was, and I was like, was he mentioned first? The fashion designer. So I was like, where was he mentioned in the story? I'm like, why wouldn't they say who he was? And he was the one who designed her the Boobies, she, booby clothes. The the monumental fur-lined robes ah, with trained rubber on. She murdered her. She was the best client of the court's principal merchant and financier, Jacques Coeur. And, and he then, murdered her. No, people like Speculated. Think, speculated. Why would he do that? I don't know. So, the, so or by future, it was speculated also, Louis XI. Because um, that would future make Future king sense. who had been furious at Sorel's influence on his father and actively despised her. What? I just added, like, a funny joke. What? Oh, sorry. Um, but we will never actually know for certain who, who did it. Although, on one occasion... Louis even pursued her with a dagger. <laughs> so he's somewhat of a suspect. <laughs> Wait, did he actually? He pursued her. <laughs> Wait, so, so he, he chased after her with a knife and they're like, maybe he did it. No, no, because she died of like, um, like, poison. Like, they think it was poisoning, but it seemed like she turned sick. But then they looked into it, and then they think, like... Poison is it. But everyone, everyone said... Everyone assumed, like, was, like, when she died suddenly. Because, um, like, she was hated by people. They were like, I reckon she was murdered. Because it look, was, like, yeah, looked like a sucks. frame. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Though on one occasion, Louis had pursued her with a dagger. And then in brackets, I wrote, so he's somewhat of a suspect. <laughs> Why don't, like... Do we reckon it was the farmer? <laughs> or the guy that chased her with a dagger? The farmer, the farmer did work late that night. Um, but at the same time, poison is normally a woman's thing. No, no I reckon no. it was the guy that chased it with a dagger. That Not, makes so much more sense. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It was that was the who done it? We'll never know. That was Louis the Eleventh, the future king. So the rumors range from everything to illness to poison. There was no conclusive cause of her death until French historians, led by <gasps> Philippe. Charlier exhumed, which <gasps> means dug out something bad yeah. from the ground. No, I, I, yes, I know what exhumed means. They did that in 2004. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And tested her remains for cause of death and noticed Science an abnormally amount, abnormal, an abnormal amount of mercury. <gasps> yeah. She was making that, that's, that's what I literally thought. I was like, science is fucked. Like, while... Okay, so... Back then, that while mercury mercury was a, was used as a cure for parasites, which <laughs> oh Agnes God. I know right, which Agnes um indeed suffered from, Charlier um found a suspiciously high amount of mercury in her hair that suggested she had ingested high quantities of mercury in the days leading up to her death. So while officially she died of dysentery, which is intestinal inflammation, primarily of the colon. <laughs> It's like a little information bit. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I wouldn't know that bit. While six months pregnant with what... No, this is while she officially died of dysentery. While six months pregnant with what have, would have been her fourth, fifth, 
fourth child born by the king, because, you know, she had premature. She was unofficially murdered. A theory scientifically substantiated and concluded by Charlia Colleen Philippe. Um, it also showed that she, they belonged to a blonde, pale-skinned woman aged less than 30, and they were able to computer-generate a reconstruction <gasps> of her face... Oh, my God! ...aged less, like, uh, that matched several contemporary portraits of her. So you could do, you see, see, do, you, do you have it? I haven't actually looked at it yet. Do you want to look at it? Yes! So oh, like, my God, that's so um, exciting. And then, can I just... This is a nice sentence. I okay. Okay. In which we can now gaze upon today the possible replica of Agnes Sorel and contemplate the beauty and fatal impact of France's <gasps> first official mistress. That's cool. That's cool. cool. Let's look at this cool fucking picture. Reference. Yes, yes. Let's okay. do it. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. She's. she's I reckon you, she would have been like if she's like. Again. Interestingly enough, beauty standards were so different in those days. Like, she is really pretty. It's always going to look if they're just taking, they're trying to figure out your face structure from that. Yeah. It'll look a bit She looks like a sim. She does, doesn't she? But that's, like, computer generated. But, yeah. Yeah. That was... That was that was super interesting. Agnes. The official mistress. Can you imagine in, like, around... Around 2077, there was, like, people talking about us on, like an alien spaceship or something like in yeah 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 on yeah. like like that technology that you person. cannot imagine yeah like you just you just can't even comprehend it, what our world's gonna be like even if we're still existing I just think that was, is that so interesting that we're just talking about her now no think about it. that was one person think how many people have been that just there's been no memory of them mm. like literally every one of them forgotten everyone everyone they know has died like yeah. literally and we know this this person has a google like Wikipedia page and she wouldn't know what was Google. What the fuck's Google? What's the she, internet? What's a computer? Like, we would be aliens, yeah. Yeah, so like on a... I'd be like... like that's <laughs> exactly what it's going to be like. I think... <gasps> Show her the virtual reality. She'll flip her oh shit. Oh my God. Well, too bad she's dead. Who done it? Dead, bitch. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah. You, I like Cassandra really like Agnes. I know. I did. I like... Honestly, I was trying to be But cool. yeah. Ooh, douche. Right. So the wine thing is... I want to tell you that we're going to wait. Until I get a little bit in, and if we need wine, yeah, I'll go get it. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her name. Her name. It's yeah. Amber Galloway Galigo. Are you ready? Drum roll, yeah. please. A sign language interpreter, especially specializing in the interpretation of concerts and music festivals, specifically rap and hip hop, into American sign language. Amber was born. In 1977. So she would Mm -hmm. be 40 now. Oh, cool. Yeah. In San Antonio, Texas. She is not deaf herself, but she's always been hard of hearing. But she's always surrounded by people in the deaf community since she was five years old. Her dad started dating a woman whose son was deaf, and he was the one who told her her first sign. After that, her babysitter gave birth to two deaf children and Amber learnt sign language along with them. Like, the babysitter would just come with all three of the kids and then she just learned the sign language. As a child, Amber wanted to become a rapper. She fell in love with R&B and hip-hop and rap, just like all these people I really don't know. Uh, While she was growing up in impoverished 
the parts of San Antonio called the villages, where she says that she was only a handful of white families. She identified with the black and Mexican kids from surrounding broken homes. Her parents divorced when she was a toddler and her mother kicked her out at 16. Uh, she said her mum was a big partier, a really wild, druggy person. My mode was always to escape my house as much as possible, so I escaped into a different culture. In high school, she was friends with a deaf football player as she continued to interact with the deaf community during her studies at San Antonio College. So she wasn't hard of hearing this point. Yeah, but yeah. But, like, she came from this broken home and, like, all... Surrounded by like, deaf... Yeah, yeah, deaf yeah. people. Then, when Amber was in high school, she was in a major car accident and was bedridden in hospital for months. Oh. So I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say she went deaf. <laughs> deaf. Well, no. oh. stay tuned. Oh, God. Foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, no, I was just saying, like, she's just had such a shitty time already. Like, yeah, her mom's yeah, kicked yeah. her out of the house and, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. It's like, okay. Purely out of coincidence, she shared a room with a girl who was deaf. Oh, my yeah. gosh. This is, like, sign upon sign upon Yeah, sign. exactly. Like, she was, like, wasn't deaf. And then, like, all these people, she yeah. knew how to sign. And all of a sudden, she became deaf. The girl that she shared a room with was crossing a road, and she didn't see a car coming and didn't hear it. So she got hit by a car and was crippled for life. <gasps> so she's deaf and can't walk. Oh, no. Which is, like... Oh my god. Like, oh, like, oh, like that really sucks. Like yeah. fuck, she's twenty four. Like well, she's twenty four. Yeah. She was a year older than me. I'm like, that's her for life. So Oh my god, that fucking sucks. Yeah. I hope she's happy now. Yeah. I hope she's like living a good Is that the end of her story? Like it's her <laughs> Okay. I thought do we re- do we revisit her? I wanted to hear more. No, 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 no. that was the girl's roommate. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but is there any more of her in the story? Oh, no. I oh, that no was idea. it. Yeah. I thought, like, we then, never then they, beca- then she taught her. Because I thought oh, no, 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 she went on to teach her or something. Like. Um, When she was in hospital during that time, no one would talk to her. So Amber began signing to her and then practiced, practiced with her over time and they became good friends. So, like, so, yeah. yeah. So there was more of her. her. Yeah. yeah. Started teaching her sign language and she made a friend in the hospital. So during her time in hospital, she wanted to become a physical therapist, but it was a deaf guidance counsellor that encouraged her to pursue a sign language interpretation degree. So during her studies, she was invited to a performance from the San Antonio Deaf Dance Company, and it was here she got her first exposure to deaf people enjoying music. They had these choreographed hip-hop dances. It's just like, it's so hard for me to read. I want to do it, but I just sound like an old white person trying to read out these choreographed hip hop dances. No, it's like, you Wiggity, know. wiggity, whack with sun. <laughs> oh, it's too hard. Okay. It's good though, because the thing is, I'm thinking like, I just find it really interesting. Yeah, I know. It's just like because there's nothing with these. With these there's nothing for me to interject. People with the hip hop people at dance floor. There's like, nothing for me to interject and joke with because yeah, like it's, it's like. But I really find it interesting. Okay. It is interesting. Don't 
But you are like... I'm laughing at myself. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. I get because you're like, you're reading something out. But like, when there's a chance for me to like make it there's conversation. There's a few times I do. They had these choreographed hip hop dancers with sign language incorporated and they were right on beat, fully immersed in the song and they were just feeling the instrumentation. And for the first time, I realized that deaf people could enjoy music with the same right nurturement. Um, the hair on my back (laughs) no the hair on her neck (laughs) and oh my god that's what you like the hair like the hair on my moles guacamole anyway alright the hair on the back of my neck stood up I realised there was something to this Inspired by the performance, Amber began searching for an opportunity to make auditory performances more relevant to the deaf community. Her chance came when she got to sign on stage during a Destiny's Child performance at the local rodeo. That must not be very familiar. Yeah. But um, her performance with Met was her performance was met with such a positive response that she scored a permanent gig performing at the rodeo for the next four years. She graduated with a master's in um, American Sign Language and English Interpretation. In 2011, she married her husband, Elijah Galigo, who is a trans man and teaches psychology at a community college. She is also a mother of four. In 2013, at Lollapalooza, Amber became a viral sensation after I think I know. this video. Is it Snoop Dogg? No, it's Kendrick Lamar was... Oh my god, I'm so excited to see this. Wow, what a niche. <laughs> that is she so see? fucking cool. That How is so cool. cool. Oh my yeah. god. She like gets so into it. That's so yeah. fucking cool. Amber became a viral sensation after that video that I just showed you. Mm. The You can just type in... Kendrick Lamar was performing ASAP Rocky's fucking problems only for, to be upstaged by Amber. The footage shows her um, interpreting the music and as for she's going on, Vibe.com says she she would like to say she's being very swaggy. Swaggy. <laughs> this is old people. Oh my Classic. god, acting swaggy. Um, yeah, she said, I've been doing this for so long. Um, she's been a certified American Sign Language interpreter for more than 15 years and an interpreter at concerts for a decade. And then they catch this clip of me going, girl, you know you want this dick. <laughs> <laughs> no like, shit. she's been doing it for so long and nobody pays attention. Like that. Oh but, yeah, the million got over one million views, and after that video, she was invited to go on Jimmy Kimmel for a sign language rap battle with Wiz, Wiz Khalifa. Um, so Amber has criticised concert venues for who only provide closing closed captioning or hire like lower salary sign language interpreters who may not actually properly know the certified or only way to sign with lyrics. So the song, the song may meet the requirements of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So the people would just get hired to go there and be like, you know, I love bad bitches. That's my fucking problem. And yeah, I like to fuck. I got a fucking problem. Yeah. And they're not, they don't care. Yeah, yeah, whereas, yeah. Whereas like, whereas people who are actually hired to like do a good job, they're a performer. They're yeah. They're like just doing it too. No shit. So it actually um, makes it like, yeah, it like adds to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why you were like, she's like dancing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That makes it part of it. Because yeah. Because they can, 
they can sense so much more than that. It's more of like a show. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they're just watching someone who gets to dance. Well, that's too. the one. That was the one at Snoop Dogg. She was full getting into it. Yeah, I reckon it's it's Holly J- July, <laughs> whatever her name is. Um. So besides watching interpretations, um, completely deaf people can also feel vibrations that sound makes, and amber is a prominent uh, of music for people who have all levels of hearing ability as she sees it as a part of cognitive development. She says that musical music is crucial to our development as a human. If we shut an entire minority out, that is actually cutting them out of a huge part of their existence as a human. Um, Amber's interpretation of style incorporates non-manual markers such as facial expressions and body language thorough research into the meaning of song and intentions of the artist and dance because asl is a distinct language from english with its own grammar and syntax amber must first translate each song into american sign language which a process can take up to a few hours oh my god really as such her interpretations are not word for word versions of the song's interpretive lyrics yeah they're like so that they make sense yeah so that you're not like hearing something off Google Translate yeah, yeah, like, yeah, actually yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So when she's in, uh, hired to interpret at a music festival, she has to memorize the lyrics of 150 songs or more per time. Oh my god. In Does hands. she do the entire concert? Well, yeah, festival. however many things, but she's, yeah, like for one festival, oh she my does god, Coachella, Glastonbury, everything. Like she does so much stuff. Over 150 songs, every single syllable of every single word. I reckon she'd fuck up sometimes, though. But fuck, that's like insane. Yeah, but she, I mean, she tries her best. So. Oh, dude, like, she's doing better than any. Like, oh my god, that's fucked. So when she's not interpreting, she teaches sign language at the Houston Community College, um, which actually might be how she knows her husband. Uh, she also owns a company, Amber G Productions, which provides interpreters for concerts and other venues. As of 2014, she has interpreted at over 400 different concerts. Her interpretations have been described as being high demand among concert organisers. Really? She's got like a rep to protect. She has already performed for Elton John, Eminem, Lady Gaga, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Black Keys, Cher, Madonna, Rolling Stones, Kendrick Lamar and Snoop Dogg. Oh my God. When did she start? She's 15 years of her career. So. Fuck. Imagine, like, rock. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and she's just so dancing much fun. all the time. She's doing, she's saying Literally the whole like words. She really gets to be like, on stage. Oh, my yeah. God. What an amazing fucking career. Mm. Yeah. So Amber's hearing loss is progressive, and she expects to go completely deaf near in the future, which is one motivation for her work. So she, if, as hard as she works now, she could at least... Yeah. So, but right now she's just living it up in Houston, Texas, being a total badass. Um, but here in Australia, having someone like Amber up on stage is really rare. Um, I read an interview with Emily Addicote, which is who is a twenty-year-old girl who is deaf and also loves music. She listens to music through her headphones and loves going to concerts. Um. She, re- she really likes concerts because she says they're visual. I can see everything. I can feel the vib- vibrations yeah. as well. Just like, I just like it. So, like, she yeah. can't actually hear the music, but, you know, she sees everything. But it's else. like the vibe of it. It's the concert, and, like, you'd kind of get it, yeah. Yeah. No, I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, 
She said, despite often studying the lyrics before she goes to a concert, it can still be hard to catch everything. Um, if they play, this is her, if they play all different tracks and I don't know the particular track, then I don't understand and I have to wait till they, it's finished so they play a song that I do know. Um, oh. I don't think that bands know, know that they have deaf fans. I guess they wouldn't have an understanding of deafness. If bands knew that they had deaf fans, hopefully they'd have a um, Eurasian interpreter on stage for access. So with this, it's like a lot of Australian bands, like how many bands have you gone to where you've seen like a sign? Yeah, no. And like deaf people still like going to concerts. It's like you still got, you know, the food, the fun, the friends. It is actually cutting out a minority, yeah. Yeah, and like the only thing they don't get to experience is the actual music. But like, yeah, they get to see, they get to be in the mosh pit. They get to do all that other stuff. And that would be so good. That'd be such a good aspect of it because like obviously you're going to watch the band, but that'd be such like a good thing to just see someone. Because one of the the best things about going to a concert is like seeing other people get into it and enjoy it. Like you like watching other people like and you're just seeing someone on stage that's like saying the lyrics with their body. Like it's just that'd be fucking sick. Yeah. yeah. Everyone would love it. Yeah. She um, like she was video. I can imagine if I was in the crowd, like everyone would be like, How cool is that? Yeah. Like, don't you and yeah, she's just like fucking bit of cool and that she is a fucking cool one. Yeah, that's a good thing because like, it's something you don't hear about. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you just don't as, like... You wouldn't think of fully, it. I mean, as people who are, have the ability to listen to a podcast, like, you know, you just don't think about, like, people who yeah. experience life like that. Yeah. And it's really cool that, yeah, Amber, she owns her own company and they get, like, the people who work for her get hired to do events where they really, like, Such dance an interesting, and, like, yeah. Because it becomes visual, exactly. Oh, as definitely. You said, like, you the put people on a show. around. Yeah, put a show, so, put a show on. So, That's yeah, she's still sick. kicking it. I'm like, so. anyway, so, yeah, that was my one. Do you like my one? It was very different to yours. Very different. But I think it was different to anything we've kind of done. Yeah. Let's conclude. That was a great episode. Do you like one? Yeah, this is good. I think this has been a pretty, like, fun, like, I think like this has. episode. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. All right. <gasps> okay. Relax on that. See ya.